Psalm chapter 50, the 50th Psalm, and I'm going to read verses 5 and 6, and then we're going to read verses 14 and 15, and then we're going to read verses 22 and 23. I expect God to do something great today. The 50th Psalm, verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heaven shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. In other words, God is saying, I know my covenant people by their sacrifice. I identify my covenant people by their sacrifice. Verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. Listen to this. And call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And then verse 22 and 23. Now consider this. Ye that forget God. Lest I tear you in pieces. And there be none to deliver you. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. The Amplified Version renders verse 23 like this. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. And he who orders his way aright, he prepares the way that I may show him. To him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. Can I read it in one other version? He who sacrifices, thank offerings, honors me, and prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. I'm going to preach for a few moments this morning a message entitled, Gathered and Grateful. Look at three people around you and say those words. We are gathered and we are grateful. Let us pray before you have your seat. Father, I ask you to do something that is unique and conspicuous for these, your people. Be among us in this great congregation today. Let us feel your presence. Let us hear a prophetic utterance. Speak, God, your servants are listening today. And we say we need a word from you. In this hour that we dwell in, we need a word from heaven. Father, I thank you for hungry hearts. And people that are leaning forward in faith to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. We break every generational curse. We dismiss any generational spirit that has attached itself to our families. And we say, God, turn it around in all of our homes. Turn it around in our personal lives. Turn it around in Jesus' name. Father, we praise you. Have your way. Have your way. Say it, saints. Have your way, Lord. Can you clap your hands and shout to the Lord one more time? Come on, give Jesus big praise today. Nudge your neighbor and tell him it's on in the building. It's on in the building. Amen. God is good. You may be seated. You know, as I was preparing this today, and I know you've heard this said before, but I want you to hear it again just for a moment. I began to thank God this morning at about 4.05 a.m. I got my coffee, I sat at my desk, and I began to pray as I do every Sunday at that time for you and your family and those who would be in service and those who would watch online that they would hear the word of the Lord. And I just started thanking God for stuff. I said, God, I thank you for a roof over my head. I thank you for a dwelling place. Then I got all in my house. I said, Lord, I thank you for my furniture. And then I started thanking him for my dishes. I said, Lord, I thank you we got dishes in here. Thank you for a fork and a knife. Thank you for our bowls in the cabinet right here. Thank you. Then I got outside. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for my dog, DJ. Thank you for him. Thank you, Lord. He's a good dog. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not. 
I said, Lord, thank you for Amigo. He's a good inside dog. Thank you for him. Thank you for my horses out in that barn. God, I give you thanks. I just started thanking him for everything. And then when I got done thanking him for all that, I started thanking him for you. I said, Lord, I thank you for a good church. Thank you for a healthy church. Thank you for a hungry church. Thank you for a church full of leaders. Thank you, Lord God, for a church full of givers. Thank you for a good church. I started thanking him for you and, and the church, Quest Church. And then I thought I could go on all day thanking him for stuff and for people. And then I stopped and I thought about it and I said, Lord, hold on. I got to thank you for something else. I said, I want to thank you right now for the stuff you didn't do. I said, Lord, I thank you for not letting me marry the wrong woman. I thought all the husbands would say, thank you, Lord, right there. Your wives might nudge you on the side right there. I said, Lord, thank you for the things you did not do, the job you did not give me, the opportunity you did not open up for me. Thank you, Lord, you have directed my path by things, not only that you did, but things that you did not do. Because if it was up to me, I would have made a mistake somewhere. But you didn't let it happen. So God, I'm going to lift my hands right now. Thank you for the stuff you didn't do. Somebody ought to throw your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. God is good, isn't he? And I went to these Psalms and I thought about this thank offering and the idea of a thank offering. You see, the Bible in the Old Testament contains what we call five atonement offerings. First of all, there's the burnt offering, and I could get into these with great description. The burnt offering means the offering of ascending. And I won't go into them, but the second offering would be the guilt offering or the trespass offering. Then there is the meal offering. You know all of these offerings, I suppose. There's the grain offering, the sin offering, five offerings of atonement. But the fifth one is what is referred to as a thank offering. And the thank offering was unique because it was a voluntary free will offering. It's something you did on your own. It wasn't prescribed by a priest for you to do at a certain time as the other offerings were. But this one was up to you. When you do it was up to you. And it's called a thank offering. It was a heartfelt offering referred to also as a peace offering or a communion offering. It finds its origin in Leviticus chapter number 7. It's the first time the Bible mentions a thank offering. It's also located in 1 Samuel chapter number 16 where Samuel comes to anoint David king over Israel and he goes to Jesse's house in Bethlehem and he asks for his sons and Samuel, Jesse says to Samuel, do you come, listen to the words, in peace? And Samuel speaks back to him and he says, come with me to the sacrifice, which means I have come to offer a peace offering to God or a thank offering to God. And then when the offering happened, all the sons were lined up. And Samuel went through seven of them saying, this is not the one. And he said, do you have another son? And he said, I have one, but he's tending sheep. And Samuel tells Jesse, call him in the house. When David walks in the house, God speaks to Samuel and says, arise, anoint him. He is the one to be king over Israel. Now, I don't know what you see in all that, but here's what I see. There is a kind of thank offering that releases an anointing for a particular people at a particular time that does not flow until a thank offering has come before God. In other words, when Samuel says, let's make a thank offering, then God said, now I'm going to anoint. Some of you are asking for anointing, but you're not grateful for what you've enjoyed. See, until you get an attitude that says, Lord, I thank you 
for bringing me this far. There's an anointing that is waiting for you just to tell God thank you. And that kind of anointing is a next level anointing. Because if you read scripture from Genesis to Revelation, God is always on the search for a heart that is filled with gratitude. This same anointing is now released in Amos chapter 4 when the prophet talks about a thank offering in relation to a vision. It's the same thank offering that the father uh, gave in the return of his prodigal son when he said, kill the fatted calf because my son who was lost is now found. He was blind. Now he what? He sees. So his way of thanking the father was to sacrifice a fatted calf. That's powerful stuff. Now, you must understand concerning this thank offering that it finds its resting place in Hebrews chapter number 13. The meaning of the sacrifice of thanksgiving or thank offering and how it relates to your walk with God is this. When someone was willing to offer more than a vocabulary of gratitude, but they had an actual gift that had value attached to it. Hmm. Have you ever said these words, thank you is not enough? No one else has said that in here? Someone has done something so stupendous for you, so incredible for you, that you feel so grateful that when you say thank you, you just feel like that's just not enough. I want to do more than just say the words Thank you. And when the 50th Psalm is written, it is written along these lines. What lines? The lines of an offering of thanksgiving. Verse 5 says, gather my saints together unto me. Notice the protocol. Number one is to do what? Gather. Hmm. Jesus said these words. How oft I would have gathered you like a hen does gather her chicks. See, the wine is in the cluster. There's power in gathering. That's why I fear for so many people that have settled for watching church online. I love you. Don't turn it off. Hundreds of you are watching right now. And you become complacent on your couch. I'm going to just say it like a T.I. is. There's some stuff you're not going to get from God until you get back in the house of God. I must just say it like that. The Lord says, gather my saints together unto me. Read the word gather in Hebrew. It means to assemble for a purpose. So you don't just gather, but you get together for a reason. Do the proper etymology of this particular verse. Because here's what it means. We are gathered together for three particular reasons. Number one, to restore anything that is broken. Because you are here today, I'm going to submit to you that God is about to begin a restoration process of things that have been broken in your life. Stay committed to the gathering because if you keep gathering, God starts putting it all back together. And I believe this, that God is about to restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm have destroyed. Restoration is coming to you in your house. Isaiah said, will anyone preach restoration? And I'm here to tell you restoration is in the house today. Restoration is in the gathering today. And number two, it means to recover, not only to restore what is broken, Lord help me today, but it means to recover everything you've lost. By gathering together, there's a sense 
of synergy of faith that says one to another, my brother, you're sitting by the right man today because I have recovered so much in my life that I have lost over the years and your faith is contagious to him. Then he starts believing, well, if he got it all back, then I can get it all back too. In other words, I could be Job, that everything I lost in the end is going to be restored to me, not two times more, but seven times more. I dare somebody to shout, I'm recovering it all. David prayed to God at Ziklag. He said, if I pursue the enemy, will I recover all? And God said, pursue him because you're going to recover everything you lost. How many of you have lost some stuff in your life that you have been praying, God, bring it back? Maybe it's not stuff. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's peace. I dare you to throw your head back and shout, I want it all back. So the word gather has to do with the purpose of restoring what is broken. It's the purpose of recovering what was lost. And it's the purpose to bring something to God. See, we've got to lose the mentality, the consumer mentality in congregations. A consumer mentality among congregants is I am here to see what I can get. It's not what I can bring, it's what I can take. Because really, as I've told you many times, there's only two people in the world. There's givers and there's takers. And takers have a consumer mentality. I only come to church, I only come to service on Sunday to see what I can get. What if we reverse that trend? And we took on a heart filled with uh, an attitude of, I am here to give. Everything I have to God, to give everything I have to God's family, to everything I have to God's house. Is there any givers in the building today? Now notice what he said. He didn't just say gather everybody. He said gather my saints who are saints by covenant. Those that have made covenant with me by sacrifice. Verse 5. That's what it says. Gather who? Those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. Man, I wish I had all day to preach. See, it's the heart of God for his people not just to gather, but to know that when we gather, when we congregate, when we assemble, and when we offer sacrifices, heaven begins to speak. Are you sure about that, Pastor Rick? I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. Gather together my saints, those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. Read verse number six. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness. God have mercy. When we gather, when we congregate, when we assemble, and when we bring thank offerings to God, heaven begins to speak. The heaven shall declare. It literally means Heaven will begin to manifest. Heaven will begin to explain. Heaven will begin to expose. Heaven will begin to announce a word for your destiny. See, you are not here for nothing. You are here for something. When you bring something, you get something. When you come in here saying, thank you, Lord, God begins to give you a word for your life. Heaven begins to explain stuff to you. Heaven begins to expose stuff to you. Heaven begins to declare stuff to you. And it specifically says he will declare his righteousness. Boy, that's strong. It literally means in the Hebrew, he will begin to declare what's right. What's right? What's right for who? What's right for you? Well, if you could just get in the presence of God, those decisions you're trying to make as you vacillate back and forth through life will begin to uh, really settle down and you can find the answer when you gather in the house of God to declare the equity or the prosperity of God's people, what is just for you. Boy, that's good. Sure is quiet in a sanctified church this morning. 
me try, let me try it another direction. Let me turn the corner on you one time. Second Chronicles chapter 29 is a very, very strong chapter. The chapter is about a king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah is frustrated with the activity and the order of the house of God. Because the house of God was filled with detestable, detestable activity. And the Bible says that Hezekiah began to cleanse the temple. The Bible says that Hezekiah opened the doors to the house of God. But before he opened them, he repaired them. In other words, Hezekiah had a house clean. And he just went through the house of God throwing out everything that was unclean. You know, I just believe during this reset season in the body of Christ that God is cleaning house. Yeah, he's cleaning house. And he got to the point that he was so busy about cleansing the house that he got a hold to the leaders of the house. And he told them, you're not living a consecrated life. Well, don't you love it when preachers preach hard like Hezekiah and say, clean up your act. And they began to consecrate themselves. In verse 31, Hezekiah said, you have now finally dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and bring thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings. Hezekiah said, before we go any further, we're going to bring God something to tell him thank you. Many people have a problem with that. You can't even tell people thank you, much less God. Gratitude, I've said it 100,000 times, gratitude confirms relationship. When you do something good for somebody, listen very carefully to their response. If they say nothing, it meant nothing. But if they say thank you, it comes from their heart. They felt it. The Bible is busy about Thanksgiving. I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation. It's busy in the Bible about giving thanks. Don't be stingy with your thanks. Verse 14 of our chapter says, offer unto God thanksgiving. Verse 23 says, he who sacrifices thank offerings. Leviticus 22, 29. And when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, let it be of your own will. Listen to the expectation of God. I expect you to want to. Y'all missed that right there. God says, I expect you to want to thank me. David says it a different way. Let me tell you about David. David had a way of thanking God like nobody's business. Because if there's one somebody in scripture that you get to see the whole character, it's David. God don't hide nothing in his life. You want to watch a movie from the Bible? Make one about David and don't take the bad stuff out. Don't just show us him killing Goliath. He killed more people than just Goliath. I'll leave it there. David is a man that knows if it's not for God, I'm not going to make it. David starts thinking about the goodness of God in Psalm 116 verse 12. He says, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? David said, he's been so good to me, I, I got to do something. This compulsion from the heart of David because of God's goodness. What shall I render? It means, what shall I give back to him for all he has given me? What shall I give in retribution or to give in return, to give up, to give in acknowledgement? To give in acknowledgement of your goodness toward me. What can I do? What shall I render for all your benefits toward me? 
Benefits is something that promotes your well-being. I'll say it again. Benefits are things that promote your well-being. And David says, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Benefits is something that gives you the advantage. What shall I render to the Lord for all the things he's given me that gives me the advantage? How can I give back to you? What shall I return to you? And some of you are saying right now, well, what are these benefits? What shall I render to the Lord for all these benefits? What are the benefits? Oh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to show them to you. Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefits. Here they are. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness, and he crowns you with tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things and he renews your youth like an eagle. Now I want you to take about 30 seconds and thank him for all of his benefits toward you. So he asks that question, and then he answers his question. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? In verse 17 of Psalm 116, he answers it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Why? Because of his benefits toward me. This is what I'm going to render to him. Because he's been good to me. I'm going to render to him the offering of thanksgiving. Oh, take your time, Pastor Rick. The Hebrew word is toda, thanksgiving, which is toda. Oh, study it for your sanctified self. Toda is a very active Hebrew verb. It means to extend your hand, open your hand, and open your mouth. See, I don't do well with quiet church. You know why? Because God lives in me. No, you say, well, I like quiet church. Well, find you a quiet church. Because I can show you scripture after scripture like this. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people and shout to God with a voice of triumph. See, toda has to do, it's a verb, it's an active word. It means to open your hand, extend your hand, and open your mouth. You gotta do the exegesis because it means loud, loud. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and he's from Midwest City. We were roping in Cushing yesterday, and Josh and Dustin and I, we hadn't roped together in 15 years, and we went out there and roped together, and Dustin and I was amazed at how good you still rope. That was pretty incredible, if I say so myself. After 15 years catching cattle running like that, you're pretty amazing. Not as good as your daddy, but you're good. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> but I'm talking, <laughs> I'm messing with you. But I'm talking to a man there from Midwest City. And I start telling him about the Lord. And he was an older gentleman. And he said, I know God. I said, I bet you do. I said, where you live? He said, Midwest City. I said, well, do you have a church? He said, no. I said, well, look, let me invite you to my church. Now, don't, you know, listen to me carefully. This is a black cowboy. I looked him out because he was one out of 200. I found him. 
When you walk up to a black cowboy, you don't say, hello, partner. You say, what's up, brother? And he immediately like, what's up? I said, listen, I want to talk to you about the Lord. He said, well, go ahead. We start talking about God. So I told him about the church. I said, you need to come to my church, man. He said, tell me why. I said, because my church got all kinds. He said, what do you mean? I said, we got white people, black people, Hispanic people, every kind of people at Quest Church. He said, I sound like my kind of church. I said, I guarantee you, if you come, you're going to like it. I promise you. He said, is it loud? I said, not as loud as I'd like it to be, but it's loud. He said, how loud do you like it? I said, I like it so loud that when the preacher says, boo, the people holler, hey! I like it so loud the preacher say something good. The people say amen. amen. I like call and response. Preach a little bit and respond a little bit. We call it talking back. He said, you like it when the people talk back to you? I said, yes. I said, do you like sitting at a table talking to somebody and they just stare at you? He said, no, sir. I said, me neither. I said, I need a response. Can you hear me? And he said, well, is your music loud? I said, it's loud. It's not loud as I like it, but it's loud. He said, I bet it's too loud for some of them. I said, it's too loud for most of them. But it ain't loud enough for me. So we are in constant conflict about noise. He said, well, I just ain't my kind of church. I said, really? He said, no, I like them quiet churches. I said, well, listen, brother, there's a lot of quiet churches. And I pray you find one, but don't come to Quest. Because, brother, we're on a progress of getting louder and louder and louder. You need to read the Bible. My Bible says Bartimaeus cried with a loud voice, Son of David, have mercy on me. My Bible says the people of Israel marching around Jericho shouted unto God and the walls came down. There's some things that don't move till you get a toda up in your heart where you got to open your mouth and tell God, thank you. I'm going to give you 15 seconds to get loud with your thanksgiving. Woo! And so... Toda is the Hebrew verb that's an active demonstration of celebration. You know, and if we've lost anything, we've lost that. So my question to you is, how do you get in the presence of God? How do you do it? The 100th Psalm tells me, enter his gates with Toda. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. What does that mean? You can't get in the gate without some noise. When you approach the house of God and desire to be in the courts of God, you got to move from thanksgiving to praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. The louder you get, the closer you get. I'll leave it there. Well, that's just not my personality, Pastor Rick. Well, get the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will mess your personality all up. You're going to tell me that 120 in that upper room come out thinking, this is not my personality. The people saw him coming out of that upper room and they said, these are drunk men. And Peter said, we are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say we are not drunk. He just said, we ain't drunk on the stuff you thinking about. Some of y'all ain't felt the Holy Ghost in so long, you forgot what inebriated in the spirit really means. Intoxicated by the Holy Ghost. This generation don't know nothing about that. I've been praying, God, bring thanksgiving back to the house of God. Bring the tota back to the house of God. Bring the loud back to your house. Bring a shout back to your people. If he inhabits your praise, then why are you hiding your praise? 
The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And we wonder why God ain't showing up. Because you ain't showed up. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I'll stop. Thanksgiving. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to use you as an illustration, Gino. All right, so if I walk up to you and, and you have blessed me and I just do you this here. What's that mean? Nothing. That mean nothing. You cannot transmit Thanksgiving. You can't just go. This right here don't mean Thanksgiving, Joe. Right? That don't mean Thanksgiving. That means you're hitchhiking. Thanksgiving has to have sound. Thanksgiving has to have a voice. It means to emit a sound. So I can't tell you thank you without saying thank you. So when you bless somebody and they walk off and say nothing, believe them. Did it really mean that much to you for me to tell you thank you? Yes, it did. Why? Because it acknowledges that you appreciate the gift. Hmm. He heals ten and nine. Nine of them say, but one, one comes back. Read the Bible. One came back and worshipped him and told him, thank you. I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather be the one than walk with the nine. I'd rather be the standout than the fit in. I'm looking at some of y'all realize that some of y'all lived on the streets. You've been drug addicts. You've stole from people to support your drug addiction. Some of y'all were alcoholics. You couldn't live without having a drink. I look at some of y'all and realize your marriage was nothing but a mess. I look at some people in here and realize you backslid 15 times and every time you came back, God put a robe on you because he loves you that much. And I'm thinking, man, do not be so proud that you cannot break down and tell God, thank you. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you can't thank him for what he's done for you, thank him for what he's done for your kids. Thank him for what he's done for your spouse. Thank him for what he's done for your daddy or your mama. Thank him. When we sacrifice, some, see, some people are saying, God, I need you to make a way out of no way. God, I need you to help me. He who sacrifices thank offerings, verse 23 of our text, Psalm 50, prepares the way and I will show him the salvation of God. Who prepares the way? God does. That's not what it says. Y'all just missed it. I knew y'all was going to say God because you blame everything on God. I'm going to read it to you very slowly, and I want you to listen very carefully. He who sacrifices, thank offerings, honors me. And he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. Who prepares the way? You do. You don't give yourself away. You prepare yourself for the way God is about to show you. You set yourself up for the next dimension of your destiny by telling him thank you. 
How can I get out of here? How can I get to the next level? By telling him, thank you. I'm loving on my son. Paul says it like this, Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is for you to give God thanks. If you will give him thanks, he will show you the way. I'll, I'll end here. Jonah, go to Nineveh. You talking to the wrong man. No, you going to Nineveh. It's like I was traveling with Bishop Pearson and his armor bearer was with us and that boy's breath stank. <laughs> and Bishop Pearson told him here, he said, get you a breath mint. He said, nah, I'm okay. And he said, no, you're going to take the breath mint. <laughs> Jonah, go to Nineveh. No. And God said, no, you... You don't understand. You going to Nineveh. <laughs> Y'all know the story, right? He got on the boat with them fellas. Them fellas said, somebody in here messed up. Because this storm is all on top of us. And John confesses, it's me. And what'd they say? Get off. <laughs> some of y'all need to tell some people. Y'all are in a storm. And it's not you, it's who's on your boat. When you're sailing with a bunch of disobedient people, you should expect storms. And they said, you, you, you going, my man. You off. Y'all know the story. So when he out the boat, what happened? So, no, I'm not, it's not a trick question. This is not Sunday school. You're not going to get the jelly bean if you get it right. <laughs> Somebody else said, is it time to say the well? <laughs> okay, Sunday school class, are you ready? The well got him. And the Bible says he's sitting in the belly of the well. Now, John, this is what's cool to me. It says that he has seaweed wrapped around his head. In other words, God's not just going to get you. You're going to smell it. You're going to know you in the wrong place. So he starts praying. In chapter 2 and verse 7, Jonah says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered God. When I found myself in a mess because I was disobedient, I thought about it. And I remembered God. And my prayer went up to God into thine holy temple. Now, Jonah knows God lives in his house. Y'all just missed that. Jonah is familiar with a temple. And what he is saying is when I remember God, I think about him in the place where I gathered. My memory of God is in a house. That they observe lying vanities and forsake their own mercy. But not me. Verse 9 says, I will sacrifice unto you, listen to it carefully, with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay 
that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now he's having this prayer in the bottom of the belly of a well. I remembered God. And when I thought about God, I thought about his house. And when I thought about his house, I thought about his goodness. And I thought about other people in there that carried lies to the house of God and they forsook their own mercy by living in vanity. Whew, strong comparison. Watch what he says. But I'm going to lift my voice and thank you for everything you've ever done and I'm going to pay what I have vowed. Verse 10 says, and the Lord spoke to the fish. When you speak to God with a heart of thanksgiving, God speaks to your problem. And when God spoke to the fish, the fish vomited Jonah out on dry land. In other words, he didn't just let him go. He could have spit him out in the ocean, Vicky, but God said, no, Mr. Whale, you keep swimming until you get close enough to dry land to let my boy go. But he's not gonna be delivered until Jonah starts giving God thanks. But when God started giving, when Jonah started giving God thanks, God started speaking to the whale, turn right, turn left, go straight, get up close to the land. Now sneeze, vomit. God started working on the stomach of the whale. And the Bible says he vomited Jonah out on dry land. Your deliverance is waiting on your thanksgiving. Y'all just missed that right there. Your deliverance is waiting on your thanksgiving. When you start thanking God, God starts speaking to what has been holding you captive. God is good. And he's good all the time. I started complaining to God a few weeks ago. I know I'm the only one that does that in here. Me and God, I know y'all probably didn't watch the movie, The Apostle, with, uh, what's his name? There you go, I knew somebody watched it. <laughs> Robert Duvall, and he's in the middle of his bed, and he looks up to heaven, and he says, now, Lord, I call you Lord, and you call me Sonny. <laughs> I'll never forget that scene. Because I'm sitting there thinking, you're the apostle. Surely you're going to pray in that King James version. <laughs> but no, he just said, I call you Lord and you call me Sonny. In other words, he just talked to God like God was right there. Now, when I say I complain to God, I complain to God. I'd rather complain to God than complain to you because you're going to go tell somebody. Be careful who you share your complaints with. So I start telling God everything I'm unhappy about. Well, what is it, Pastor Rick? Well, when you're a pastor, you're not happy that church attendance is down 45% across the nation. When you're a pastor, you're not happy that giving in the house of God is down 60% throughout the nation, all because of a disease. Come back in here, talk to me. I start complaining. God, what's wrong with the people? Get a hold to them. Well, you saying, Pastor Rick, I'm telling God on y'all. I said, get them, get them. Get them, go get them, just get them. Put rocks in their bed. Let a dog bite them while they're jogging. <laughs> Let a whale swallow them. Let a horse buck them off. Break an arm. Really, Pastor Rick? Yeah. yeah. Lord, let them lose their car. Let the car break down. Let the engine blow up. Let them have four flats tomorrow. 
Let them be miserable on their job. Let everybody at their job get on their nerves. You say, Pastor, did you really pray like that? Oh, I prayed much worse than that. I did do this, though. I said, now, Lord, don't let the devil do it. If you ain't going to do it yourself, don't let the devil do it. Now, if he's going to do it or not, I don't care. I don't care. You know, that's, that's up to God. I'm just complaining. My job is to complain. I say, Lord, give them a toothache. They've been gossiping. Let them eat a root canal. Just let them all of a sudden they eat something sweet. Oh, good. Lord, that hurt. Baby, do I have a cavity there? Yeah, baby, your jaw's all swole up. You got abscess. And you're saying, Pastor, why do you pray like that? Because at that point, you may remember God. You may remember God's house. And you may come back to church. Because there's stuff you get in here, you ain't going to get nowhere else. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. Now, if y'all been coming to church, you ain't going to get no toothache. <laughs> Pastor, are you being facetious? Yes, I am, but I'm enjoying myself. Let's be grateful. Amen. Amen. Well, pastor, it's in my heart to be thankful. No. Thanksgiving is in your hand, not your heart. I'm thankful in my heart. No, toda means open your hand, not open your heart. If your heart's open, your hand's going to be open. Closed heart, closed hand. Open heart, open hand. Be grateful today. Be thankful to God today. Lance, do you love him? I just wanted to hear it. I knew you was going to do it. That's why I called him. Brad, do you love him, Brad? Do you love the Lord? See, these guys, I know these guys. I know where they came from. I know what God has done for them. Has he delivered anybody else in here from anything in your life? He's, he's been good to you. Will you stand up and please give God a thanksgiving today? Can you tell him thanks?